You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in once again. It is Monday, December the 19th. It's wild and woolly. It's pretty horrible, actually, outside here in TW11. But it has warmed up, which means the prospect of racing is alive in the UK and Ireland. Though Lingfield, I'm afraid, has fallen victim. Still frozen ground at Lingfield. That won't take place today. We are very much hoping that Punchestown goes ahead for the return of Galapande Shaw, more of which in a few moments' time. But it's been a weekend of high-profile retirements. They're will be no more high-profile retirement than Frankie de Tori. Though it won't take place straight away, he will ride the whole of a 2023 season, as you may well have heard by now, and it'll all begin on Boxing Day at Santa Anita Park, and it'll finish there on Breeders' Cup Day. His final domestic appearance will be uh, on Champions Day in Great Britain, and he's got a whole load of horses to look forward to. So it'll be a very interesting farewell tour, something very different from leading Irish jumps rider Davy Russell in the top 10 jumps jockeys in Britain and Ireland of all time numerically, but his effect on the sport, you could argue, has been greater than that. He had a horrendous neck injury a couple of years ago, came back from that, rode more winners yesterday at Thurlis on a quiet afternoon. He rode Liberty Dance to victory in the Mayor's Hurdle, after which he immediately said, that'll do for me. You'll be hearing from him later. You'll be hearing from Frankie Dottori in a few moments' time. You'll be hearing from Lydia Hislop right now. Two massive figures, towering figures, Dottoria towering global figure, Lydia doing it in very different ways. Is there ever a right way to retire? I think you have to do it for whichever way is right for yourself. And I think for each of them, these this is probably the right way. You lose one colossus of the sport at half past one on Saturday and then barely 24 hours later, another one goes. And in each sense, I think it's the end of an era. And as I said, I think the way in which they're doing it is probably right for each of their own psychologies. Um, we are going to miss them very much. It's going to be very strange not having Davy Russell riding. It's the end of an era there with Ruby Walsh and Barry Geraghty having also gone in this from the Irish um, jockeys weighing room. And then when Frankie de Tory goes, you know, I've I've I've, <laughs> I've hardly I've never known racing. I can't remember racing virtually without without Frankie de Tory. But we've got a whole year to say goodbye to him which could be vital for the sport I mean people will look at that in two ways they'll feel that maybe the whole year is going to become about Frankie Dottori but at least it also means that the sport can make its appropriate goodbyes. All right let's listen to Dottori now I caught up with him at the back end of last week and this is what he told me about his decision to to stand down at the end of 2023. Uh, Well obviously um, you know after talking to my parents and my wife and my family, um, you know, I decided that next year was going to be my last. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, um, you know, obviously the first one to tell, I had to tell John. And then I had to tell some member of the staff and then I had to tell some other people. So the, the, the news was leaking out and I thought I might as well just say it because I left to say it sooner or later. So, um, yeah. And of, also because I just... Uh, and made my 52nd birthday so I thought well it's appropriate that I can tell everyone now that uh, next year is my last I still 
physically feel very good. And I want to finish at the top. I want to finish on a high. I want to finish that I'm still uh, good enough to compete with everyone. And uh, yeah, so it you know it was a very difficult decision because my heart wants to carry on forever, but my 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 brain tells me, look, if you're gonna do this properly, yeah, you know, you know, you you gotta pick one year, and I think next year uh, is the right one because, like I said, I still physically feel good, and I can uh, you know give it one last good go and and enjoy it and. Give the public what they want. What they want to see, you know. I want to uh, finish my career when I'm 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 still playing on the field, not uh, being put on the bench like you know, for a classic example, Ronaldo last week. You know, uh, so I want to now. Then I still have good horses to ride, and I'm still feel good. I thought, yeah, let's call it the the day next year. How important was the back end of last season for you? You know, you had that wobble with John in the middle of the year. You got back on terms. It seemed like you had a bit of a point to prove. You suddenly started, every time you go to the races, you know that something dramatic would happen or you'd ride a group one winner. How how important was it to have that period of kind of consolidation in September and October? Well, exactly, exactly that, Nick. I know when 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 you look back, you know, I, I've got uh, Cialdini, who's one of the favourites for the Guineas. Uh, well, Camille Chirina John, she's one of the favorite for the 1000. Then, uh, you know, uh, Ispilo and Emily Objohn are staying in training. So, it's a lot of kids to go to work with next year. Obviously, Kiros is a Gelding, he's staying in training. Lazu, of my friend Mark Chan and Andrew Rosen. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's appropriate for me that I feel that I can go out with, with a bang. So, uh, that's why it was important that I had a great end of the season. So it gave me a lot of confidence to to take this decision. How clear are you feeling in your head? It's a weird, it must be a weird feeling. Uh, 36, it's going to be nearly 37 years of, of riding racehorses, knowing nothing else. Absolutely. Um, I mean, uh, I was asked the same question by some of my friends. I said, my biggest problem now is, where I'm going to put all the tack that I've accumulated all these years. <laughs> I mean, I like, must have dozens of saddles everywhere. Now, look, um, I'm, I dis I, I'm very pleased that I made this decision. As you know, next week, uh, well, this week, actually, I'm going to California. I'm going to start Boxing Day. Uh, it actually, it's quite ironic. This is where I started when I was 16 years old, Santa Anita. So I'm looking forward to a, a very competitive winter. Is a new challenge for me, but something that I'm looking forward to. And then I'll be back here for the spring. And, uh, you know, and, and it will be, it'll be a lot of hard work. I've, I've got a, a lot of things to prove and, and there'll be a lot of uh, uh, goodbyes and a bit emotional. But uh, first and foremost, uh, I want to do my very best and, and, and go out with a bang, like I said. So, yeah. uh, you know, it will be my last guineas, it will be my last derby, my last Royal Ascot, whatever. But like I said, I, I think I've got enough kit in my armour that I can uh, finish on a good note. Yeah, I'm interested in, in just the mindset of the California project and then and then beyond that. Because when we spoke earlier in the year, you were saying, you know, I, I'm not doing this because it's some kind of great big testimonial or whatever. I'm doing I'm not I'm not playing at it. I've actually got a bit of, as you said, a bit of a point to prove. I want to win a ton of grade ones and be right up there at the best. Are you going to keep yourself pretty busy in, in the States? 100%. Listen, uh, it takes some commitments where, I mean, I've been keeping fit. Obviously, 
I've been a bit of a chicken. I haven't been in the stables yet because it'd be too cold for me. But I've been training really hard for America. Uh, I had to forfeit my uh, Christmas uh, lunch with my family. And I'm going to actually start Boxing Day. So that takes some commitments. But, you know, my family's behind me. Knows it's my last year and they all want me to do well. So I, I, I'm given a full commitment because you can't do it half-hearted. And uh, yes, I am really looking forward to it. The, that, that's my first challenge. And then uh, when we get to the spring, is you know, obviously is, is uh, Dubai and the Guineas and so on and so forth. So, so one step at a time. I can't imagine the word retire sits particularly easily with you, does it, given your energy levels? It will be, it will be a shock of the system, but I'm, I'm preparing myself for it. And obviously, I would say Asco Champions Day could be my last in England or maybe a, a family one in Newmarket, that's where I'm from. Uh, and then, you know, really, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like Breeders' Cup, Santa Anita could be possibly my last public ride. After that, it'd be a period of getting used to of not, you know, not be riding races anymore. And then, yeah, looks next year or well, the year after, you know, uh, you know, hopefully find something to do with the press or the media, uh, talking about you know keeping fit and riding out. Maybe is a possibility as well, but. I, I'm not. I'm not looking beyond uh, my riding yet. I think uh, I'm going to focus and give my complete hundred percent on next year because I want to make it count. I like to finish in one piece and uh, on a good note, and then uh, it's just job done. Okay, that was uh, Frankie Dettori. What what struck me, Lydia, was the fact he really doesn't want to do a big old retrospective on his career until he actually gets out of the saddle. Does that suggest a real focus and application to you? Definitely, I think so. And why wouldn't it be? I mean, why would you would you say I'm I'm going to be carrying on for a year if you didn't think you were going to be performing at the top level? And there's also I feel like there's an element of if he doesn't do it this way, he worries that he might not <laughs> he might not ever retire. He clearly is a, a reluctant retirer, even at the age that he is. He still feels that he's performing at the top level, and he wants to be a, wants to be able to focus on that that for a year. I mean, it won't stop everybody else uh, obsessing about this is the last time we see Frankie de Tori at the Derby, the last time at Royal Ascot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, as a, as a jockey, um, but it's 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 going to make for an interesting almost testimonial year for him um and yes i think he will be he's right to say i want to be focused on what i'm doing now and you can even though i've re I've, I've made this announcement you could retire me when i'm actually retired it's a gift in some ways for marketing teams for racecourses all around the world but it's a a gift that they've got to nurture in the right way isn't it and it's not exactly straightforward you mean in the it, the potential that it has for eclipsing other things that are happening? Well, there is that. There is the sense that you've got to make the most of it whilst not making people fatigued by the time you get yeah. to the end of the year when it gets cold and wet and people are generally getting fed up as they do in the autumn. It's probably not a bad move to do it in the, in the sunny California hills, put it that way. <laughs> yes and i i mean I, I think it's appropriate for his career as well and i mean you said at, at the start of, of this podcast that uh he is internationally renowned the flat racing has that reach of course um and so it, it it's right that his farewell tour should be a global one
There are some who are are sniffy about the way that his profile has eclipsed the profile of others over the years. But what are the reasons why that why it has? Do you think? Well, number one, he's a brilliant jockey. Uh, he is uh, a jockey who can, through his own skills, can change the results of races and has done so regularly over the years. And you know that is, and uh, you know that that is not something that that happens every day. You know that when people have broken down, how much it's down to the jockey, how much the horse. I think sort of you know roughly, you sort of go by ninety eight percent horse. Obviously, you can. Um, intervene negatively much more easily than you can intervene positively and I, I think that's uh, Frankie Dettori's primary skill and often got lost in the fact that he the other reason for Frankie Dettori having such impact which is that he can and has reached across and out of this sport and into the general consciousness and horse racing is going to miss that when it's gone even you know those who are being sniffy about it, you know, must reflect on that and must accept that 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 is the case. I know that some people feel it, it's tiresome sometimes, but it is a a power and a pull that I see no successor for. I think as time's gone on, and I've got to know a bit better. I'm interested to know if you share this thought. I do believe that that is a that is effortless. That it is not something that has ever required a, a huge amount of. Of a of, of game change on his part, he can slide pretty effortlessly into 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 other areas and and just play his game and and come over in a way that is is appealing to people. And that, no matter how hard jockeys of other generations are pushed and shoved and shunted in front of cameras and put on other TV shows, most of us just can't do that. Yeah, I think it's an effort sometimes, and you wouldn't be human if it wasn't an effort sometimes, would you? Because sometimes you get up, you know, sometimes stuff is happening in your in your personal life, what, whatever that might be. I think we all all recognise this. You might not be feeling that great. You know, there are lots of different reasons why how you are might impact on how you're coming across. So I I, I don't think it's always effortless. Sometimes I think it's very effortful. Sometimes I think it's also quite convenient to reach for this image the, the image of Frankie Dottori that he's kind of was created created for him and by him at such a young age I think him sort of moving into it sometimes he can use it as a shield and as well as just um fully possessing it which is you know when he's you know totally engaged with you know being Frankie Dottori um capital B F and D um and there are other times that you feel it. As I said, it, it's more of a shield uh, rather than rather than him embracing his his uh, public persona. Um, so I think I think he must. I mean, I I don't know this, but he must feel sometimes he must like that public persona, and probably net. I'm sure he does. At the same time, he must find it quite difficult at times. I would I would have thought, and I sense that that is the case. And uh, the, the one thing that unites both. To Tory and Russell is neither entirely sure what the future after racing holds, which yeah must be a little bit scary in itself. However, you know financially and emotionally secure, you may or may not feel at any given time. They're both focused very much on their families, aren't they? Um, which has got to be a good thing. Uh, they have both talked about um, spending more time with their family. Obviously, Davy Russell's family, all of them younger. I, I think I'm right in saying that than Frankie Dettori is, although there are, he's still got some some young young children as well. Um, so they're they're both very focused on that, aren't they? Um, uh, you know, like like you, I would be confident that their um, skills can be put to other uses 
it's it's the question is whether that it will give them the same kind of fulfillment because when you're a sports person who's performed at this high octane level this way of achieving and your um actions generating all of this you know, love and uh, fame and adulation and all of those things i think and and the sport itself being such an adrenaline rush that must be very hard to move on from i i, I would have thought and obviously over time some uh, riders have done it better than others and of course, there are different ways of retiring, as we said at the beginning of the program. For Frankie Dottori, it'll be a, 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 essentially a, a global testimonial in 2023. For Davy Russell, that was it yesterday, off the horse at Thurless and said, thanks very much. And he spoke to me a couple of hours later, and this is what he had to say. Uh, well, I suppose people were trying to retire me for the last three years uh, when I broke my neck. So, um, um, but literally in the last couple of days, I just uh, was speaking to Gordon and I said that my next one would be my last one, and he was very adamant that I, I that he was involved in it, and um, you know, so he was very kindly, and the owner was very kindly, um, gave me free rein to all the horses in the yard, and then we had the the snow or the ice, and and a lot of tracks were frozen, so I took a bit of time, it took longer than we thought. Was it was it genuinely a case of? lifting your right leg out of bed one morning and saying that's it I'm done um, uh, yeah yeah, uh, pretty much pretty much um, look at look I'm 43 years of age it's not like there's a shock it was never you know and I could go on forever and ever um, but I just I just um, just thought look now it's as good a time as any I uh, I wanted to go out when I was riding well, and I'd rather people ask why am I retiring rather than why 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 is he not retiring? You know, it, it did strike me that that there's so many of us who've been asking you that question for ages, and then the minute we all stopped you asking it, you <laughs> you went and did it. Is there any bit of that in in in, in there? There is plenty of it. In it to be honest, yeah, I was happy enough to wait till you stopped asking me, and then I was going to to do it because. <laughs> You know, it was ah, it wasn't annoying, and I understand the 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 questions that you had to ask. And look, they were obvious questions, but I wasn't ready, and I didn't really want to retire because someone was telling me to or or prompting me to. And I just Gordon was happy, and I was happy. And to be honest, I was enjoying it so much. I really, really enjoyed the last couple of years. You know, something wicked. You know, and. Um, it was hard. It was hard to 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 come up and to to actually come out with the with the with the time and the place. And then I just decided last week. Look, I'll ride over Christmas, or but then it's the Dublin Racing Festival, and then it's Cheltenham, and then it's Pontchartrain, and then you're into the summer, and then you're waiting for Galway. So you know, it keeps going. Did you think you were as good the day you you got off Liberty Dance as you were when people would consider you to be at your absolute? you know, early, mid-30s, bombastic, audacious peak? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I never feared. I had no fear. Um, I just, I, I actually thought I was riding as good as ever, yeah. Yeah. So people talk about jockeys, particularly jump jockeys, losing, losing bottle, but flat jockeys as well. You felt that you'd have had that intact forever and ever and ever. Yeah, it wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I just wasn't afraid. 
like I've actually never been afraid. Do you know what I mean? So um, um, that's basically it. Um, and it, do you think that's just the way that you were born, the way that you were made? You're not you're not very frightened of of being injured or hurt or whatever, or is it because you just feel more confident on top of a horse than you do anywhere else? Um, yeah, it was just it was just something that I that I that I was comfortable doing all my life, and there's not a whole lot else I can do. Do you know what I mean? I do, but I suspect that there are things you will apply yourself to with with similar energy and, and similar gusto. What are they going to be? Racing took everything. It took 100% commitment from me. So it was very hard to give something else 100% commitment. Um, and there's no, in my opinion, there's no point in doing anything in life unless you give it 100% commitment. So... Um, that was it and now I'm happy that maybe something else I might be able to give something else 100% commitment and hopefully I, I, I doubt I don't know if, they, if they'll reap the same rewards but racing was very rewarding to me and but it was easy for me to be rewarded because um, I just enjoyed it so much Is there one you'd like back? A ride? Yeah Ah there's hundreds of them Unfortunately, um, hundreds of them, but um, you just can't go there, and there's no point in worrying about it. Like, I, I, the beauty of being a jockey, where it's more difficult being a, more, a lot more difficult being a trainer, is you know, you get off one, you get on another pretty quick, so you get over it pretty quick. And I was in a very special place that I was riding for very, very good operators, very good trainers. But there was horses, there was horses there that I wasn't at my brilliant best on. And but there was other times then when I was, you know, better than everybody else. So, you know, one makes up for the other. Should, should we have one that you wouldn't mind watching over and over and over and over and over and over again? If there's one that wears the tape out in your own mind, which is it? <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's plenty of them too, and and um, um, look. It's hard to get away from Tiger Roll. He's just a. It was just something I've written in. I've written in Grand Nationals. I've written in Grand Nationals just to see myself on the on the screen, not alone to write in Grand Nationals and win them. Do you know what I mean? So um, that one is fairly worn out. Um, but there's other rides. You know, you drop in a horse, and you know you get there late. And it's always nice to um, to get them. You know what I mean. And in all your in all your career, who was your most who was your most feared opponent? Who did you who did you want to beat the most? Uh, well, look, I suppose myself and Ruby would have clashed plenty because uh, of the champion the championship title. So um, there was that there was that. He was an exceptional rider. To be honest. The reason I kind of clashed with Ruby is, yeah, it was because I wanted to be as good as him. And what I got from that was I needed to improve. And I did feel I was a much better rider when the likes of Ruby or Paul Carberry or Barry Garrity or whoever that rider was. I mean, I'm only speaking about Ireland. Obviously, there was fantastic riders in England um, as well. And 
there was fantastic riders after them guys so um but i clashed a little bit with ruby because in a way I, I i wanted to beat him i wanted to beat him so much because if you beat him then you're going to be you're beating the best davy i wish you all the very best wherever it takes you now um you spared me a lot of time and i know you've got a lot of uh, young young super fans wanting your wanting your time and they're going to get a lot more of it now which must be a very special feeling for them <laughs> thankfully yeah <laughs> Yeah, so we'll be going doing a lot of shows and bring things, you know, and the plenty of ponies and so I my hands will be pretty full. Well, enjoy it. Um and for everything, thanks so much. Thanks very much, Nick. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well that was Davy Russell. I really enjoyed that um ten minutes or so I spent last night chatting to him. I think I got more than I bargained for. It's very difficult, I thought, Lydia, for jockeys when they immediately they they do something like this to actually collect their thoughts like that. He'd been thinking about it clearly for some time, hadn't mm, he? Yeah. And the the frozen, the sort of bleak midwinter meant that it, it was put off. He 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 clearly meant to do it slightly earlier than this. I was also struck by his statement that he released, which I thought was really beautifully done. Everything that he expressed in that, I thought was a, a really good way of signing off. And also uh, your interview with him as well was was really good. And um, like you, I, you know, that there was an element of perversity, which seems to be, you know, in, I, I mean this in a, in a fond way, in a nice way, an element of perversity uh, in David Russell. But the moment that we've all stopped saying, you know, <laughs> do, do you really think it's a good idea to come back after an injury that serious? That once we've all, you know, accepted that we were wrong about that, that's the moment he chooses to exit. That, that, that like you, that struck me and made me smile to some degree. Yeah, and he he seemed to to revel in that somewhat as well. He also wasn't wasn't short on on self appraisal, both negatively, but but particularly positively. I, he he clearly feels very comfortable and uh, proud. I don't mean that in a bad sense, but you know, pleased with what he's achieved. He should be. I mean, he he, he should be. He's ridden one thousand five hundred and seventy nine winners in Britain and Ireland, of which fifty eight were at Grade One level. He's had a twenty three year career. He's the um, the of the, the most active successful active current rider in the Channel Festival or he was until until he retired I think he's fourth overall in, in the modern achievements behind Ruby Walsh Barry Geraghty and, and Tony McCoy at Cheltenham he's the ninth most successful jump jockey of all time um of, of course he should be rightly proud of of what he's achieved I was interested that Tiger Roll is the horse that comes up again and again the one of course he who won 2018 and 2019 Grand Nationals back to back the first since Red Rum to do so in 1974 such a special horse that and uh, Davy Russell although he wasn't on the um, winner's board at the Cheltenham Festival last season he was responsible for one of its most memorable moments when uh, Delta Work and Jack Kennedy did Tiger Roll in his race the cross country and David Russell brought Tiger Roll back alongside Delta Work into the winner's enclosure. That's just one of the most memorable moments in uh, Cheltenham Festival history for me that I've been actively part of. Um, I also remember last season that ride on Conflated, which was a really good uh, judgment of pace in the in the Irish Gold Cup. I thought that was fantastic. And I also um, was struck by what David said to you in an interview there, where 
you asked him about the most memorable rides and obviously he mentioned Tiger Roll, who's such a charismatic horse, you can understand why he is so central to Davy's career. But I was struck by uh, when he mentioned dropping a horse and get there late. Yeah. And that is, it, what, what I mean, what, the, the race that I most remember uh, uh, Davy Russell for has got to be the William Hill Trophy on Joe's Edge in 2007. Was, was was 10 years of age, a previous Scottish Grand National winner, got plenty to do still at the final fence and was surging through to get up on final stride with a three-way photograph between Juvenile and Distant Thunder. That When I, when I think Davy Russell, beyond all the grade one races that he's run, they probably come first to mind. If I'm thinking more about, about vintage Davy Russell, that's the race that comes to mind for me. I was just really struck yesterday. I was re- reflecting on that extraordinary juxtaposition really of russell the yeah the the guileful brilliant sometimes cocky daring occasionally a bit gnarly and aggressive maybe sometimes a bit scary as well if you were happen to be trying to ride against him and you were just starting out uh, and sort of juxtaposing all of that with effe- effectively a guy that's just sort of living out his boy's own childhood dreams in this <laughs> sort of completely un- unfettered way it, it's it, i just find him a very interesting man he is. He is. Uh, he is a very interesting man. Um, and as I said, if you haven't read his statements on retirement, I really would recommend you to do that. The Racing Post have uh, published it and he reflects on his career. He talks about the people who have been influential to him. Uh, he talks about um, Jig and Stan, um, Michael O'Leary and everybody connected with that, uh, about Gordon Elliott. Um, and also then finally to his family, his wife Adele and his kids and his final sentence, he says, of course, I'm sad to be giving up something I've been lucky enough to have called a job for so long. But the truth is, I've never actually worked a day in my life. I mean, I, I think how you've just described him is perfect. Um, Frankie Tutori and David Russell have got 10 children between them and we wonder why they carry on riding for so long. <laughs> It shouldn't really have been a surprise, should it? We will <laughs> we will miss them both enormously. Well, if you were with us on the pod last week, you might have heard me interviewing David Armstrong, the chief executive of the Racecourse Association, and he sounded some pretty bleak warnings about the prospect of decent prize money in 2023. As such, it has come as... Quite welcome news this morning that the Jockey Club is set to increase its prize money in 2023 and is servicing that increase um, through its own investment in its prize money, uh, through executive contributions, as as we call them. Nevin Truesdale is their chief executive and joins me now. Nevin, tough times for all. Prize money is going up across Jockey Club racecourses. Just tell us to the tune of, of how much and what that means in real terms in the financial climate that we're in. Yes, good morning, Nick, um, and uh, thank you for having me on. Very pleased to be making this announcement today. Um, prize money at Joe Club next year will top 59 million in total. Um, and our executive contribution, as you mentioned, is going up actually 9.5% um, to 31.1 million. So it's the first time that we've broken through the 30 million barrier on this. Um, it's 2.7 million higher than our outturn, projected outturn for this year. So that's obviously something we're very, very pleased about. It, it means that um, executive contribution of JCR courses is up 141% since 2010. So even when you allow for inflation, that's obviously a 
a substantial increase on, on the same, on a very similar number of fixtures actually as well. Um, something we're very pleased with, especially given, as you mentioned, and quite, David quite rightly talked about last week on the pod, um, the, the significant financial headwinds that we're facing. You know, our, our energy bill is up between two and a half and three million. Um, inflation is running at, in some areas, is running at 10%. Some of our F&D inflation is actually running at about 14%. Um, our business rates are going up, and, and we're, all, we're obviously all well aware of what's happening um, to some of the online streaming numbers as well. So there's a number of different headwinds, but you know, we do see prize money investment as fundamental to what we do, as fundamental to how we contribute to the industry. And it's the first thing we consider when we're when we're setting our budgets every year in terms of how we you know, distribute our, our profits back to the sport and, and what we make our choices based on that. So something we're very, very pleased and you know, substantial kudos to everybody at Joke Club for the really hard work that's gone into getting us here. Uh, Nevin, this is obviously going to be uh, welcome news, but I'll ask you the same question I asked Nick Smith at Ascot. How how is this possible? How have you how have you achieved this, uh, and has it impacted on investment elsewhere across the group? Yeah, we're, when we're always make just to take the last part of that first. I mean, we are constantly, and it has always been the case that we make very clear choices in terms of how we invest our money. We would always like there to be more, and if we weren't facing some of these substantial headwinds there would be more and this number probably would be higher but in the context of what we're facing I think we've got we and indeed Ascot and congratulations to them as well have got ourselves to a position that we're very very pleased with and we're obviously having to trade off against investment in infrastructure um, in digital assets in CRM in welfare well all of those things are important and all of those things are still seeing investment next year um, so we're always having to balance those choices out there's probably a couple of things that have made this possible. One is we are seeing at the minute some very good pre-sales um, for the major spring jumps festivals at Cheltenham and Aintree, um, which is obviously um, very pleasing. Um, it's, it's, it may seem a while ago now, but we, you know, we had a record Cheltenham festival this year, and that's obviously helped us along in, in cash terms. Um, and we also have a new, um, with a new shop LBO deal um, going live as of, as of all the RMG courses ne- ne- next April. Um, and, and that's giving us a substantial like-for-like increase, we believe, in our shop turnover. So that's still important as well. And obviously, everyone's aware. You know, we've we've got we've got a couple of at least a couple of whirlpool days as well. And those are obviously significant to us as well. So, in among the, some of the really difficult um, cost headwinds that we're facing, there are some there are some positives as well. And we think it's very very important that the impact of those positives is, is passed on, you know, through 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 the sport to those who invest so much in the sport. How you forecast the the next two or three years panning out? Because you're somebody with a, an accountancy background, with a financial background. We know that you don't just simply forecast for the for the year ahead. Do you see the jockey club in its current financial state being able to maintain prize money contributions or increase them in line with inflation moving forward? I would certainly like to hope so, Nick. I mean, obviously, we are facing. I think everyone knows a very uncertain 2023, and. Us accountants have had a very, very tough time um, working through our, our budget and obviously w- working through, I think it's been this year, it's been probably the toughest budget round we, we've ever had. And I, I don't envy Stuart Clark, or our CFO, his his position at all in terms of the, the, the choices and the, the difficult steers he's had to make right throughout this. And, and that's been that's been tough. But I think looking forward, you know, I think things things will improve. We, we, history tells us that, you know, economies move in cycles, um, we yes, we go through recessions, but in the end, 
um, we, we always bounce back. It may take a while, um, but I would certainly see, you know, our, our big events in particular as being events that people really, really want to come to. You know, Cheltenham is now the third largest attended sport to, sporting event in the country with only the Grand Prix and, and Wimbledon in front of us, uh, in front of it. And that's a, a testament to, to not just to us, the Jockey Club, but to the whole sport in terms of what we've made that festival. And there are others, you know, not far behind it. So, you know, people still, the evidence suggests that the people out there, consumers, um, businesses still really want to come to these big events and, and, and it's incumbent on all of us to make them real destinations and, and, and really grow them. So I think with that, we, we hopefully can be confident about 2024 and beyond, but there's no doubt that in the short term there are significant headwinds that we have to factor in. That was Nevin Truesdale, Chief Executive of the Jockey Club. Uh, Lydia, are you surprised that prize money contributions are going up next year? No, I suppose I'm not. Ascot have obviously come forward with those news. That news, uh, Jockey Club Racecourse's best races have to compete with um, Ascot. I mean, the difference, obviously, with Jockey Club Racecourse is it's got a very broad um, customer base, hasn't it? A broad span of of different racecourses appealing at different times to different customer bases. Uh, obviously, given what David Armstrong had said to you about his his warnings about. Uh, the significant headwinds coming ahead and any employee um, has known for many, many years now to um, uh, shiver at the word headwinds, um, whether, whether things are going well or badly. Um, so, yes, I suppose I, I, there was concern, but um, it, you've got to um, you've got to receive this in a, in a, in a very, very positive way. I, I was struck by the, the talk from Nevin about how you have to offset what you do against something else and that's obviously always the case unless you grow the amount of money coming into you you have to make choices about what you do with the various how you allocate the money within the necessary fields and so you know you were right to 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 put that question to him and he talked about trade-offs with against investment in infrastructure and uh, digital assets customer relation management that's what i think crm means anyway i had to look it up and welfare now you know those those are very serious, particularly welfare. I mean, I, I feel that the sport as a whole needs to invest far, far, far much more in, in this area because I think it's an existential threat. Integrity as well. You know, you, you I, I think about that element. And also infrastructure. What is the, you know, the customer facing, the race goer, um, the punter, but, but the race goer in the in, in infrastructure sense, What what is their experience of the sport? Because the sport has got to stay relevant to them uh, in order to be able to flourish it's not, and you know when uh, participants talk about prize money absolutely it's important and it's particularly important on a on a on a global level for the best races to be able to stay um globally competitive or at least uh competitive on a european basis uh but there are always things to balance off and the whole of the industry need obviously should be recognizing how important welfare integrity and customer investment is what do you think this will place on on other courses in terms of pressure um, to, to make sure that their prize money's uh, good for next year? Yeah, I think it will place place uh, pressure on them. You'd be expecting a similar announcement from York. You'd, you'd be hoping for a similar announcement from Goodwood, but there are other. There's the uh, those are large independent um, Newbury as well. It's going to put pressure on them. But there's the smaller independents. There's Arc. Um, uh, so yeah, absolutely. I think now that we've we've had um, two different uh, 
entities come out. You know, Ascot, you know, has a very singular brand. Uh, you would expect them to be investing on price money. They absolutely have to remain globally relevant. I mean, uh, you know, that is the point of of Ascot and, and, and Royal Ascot. But as I said, the Jockey Club have that spread of business. So, yes, their decision actually impacts more widely. Um, just turning to today, um, we are assuming that we are finally going to have the John Durkin, or as it should be renamed, the Godo Memorial Punchestown Chase, because it's been... <laughs> shunted shunted back so many times for which galapande Shaw, the gold cup favorite is the 100 to 30 on favorite i sort of wondered whether this horse was a mirage but i think he is going to be in flesh at 10 past two this afternoon yes and willie Mans has been wanting to run him for some time hence the agitation over the john durkin being um rescheduled and pushed back and pushed back it'd be great to see him as um his trainer has said he is coming up against fakadudar is potentially at fakadudar is um a game yeah, over two and a half miles. Willie Mendes very clearly sees Galloping de Champ as a staying chaser, but he uh, and a Gold Cup prospect. Um, whereas Fakadidar is clearly his best form is around about this trip of of, of two and a half miles. Um, they're both making their seasonal debut, so there's no edge in that kind of way. And, and I think there's plenty of zip in Galloping de Champ. We saw that in terms of him heading towards uh, the Turners, and we know all know how that ended unfortunately at the at the final fence but he was about to be you know, very impressive indeed um so I, he clearly doesn't lack for pace so i'd be pretty confident he can make a winning return yeah and if you go back to about five thousand podcasts ago you'll hear joseph o'brien talking about his hopes for fakir dude to dairy i don't there's ever been such a long gap between somebody previewing a, a horse's appearance and the time the horse has actually appeared <laughs> but them's the time we live in it is warming up well warming up it's filthy outside but it's not freezing which is a good thing which means we might get some racing um into the holiday period and it could be a very busy holiday period as well another thing struck me lydia everyone's saying the racing is going to be great because everyone's looking for a run well we'll we'll see in Ireland, Willie Mullins and Gordon Elliott are really angry that Navin hasn't restaged the whole card from yesterday and have, have only saved the, the couple of good races that go to that, that go to Nace. And I'm thinking, well, here people might think, well, that's a bit of an advantage. We'll get bigger fields next week. But it just goes to show you in Ireland, if you if you miss the if you miss your opportunity, you you're a bit stuck for a couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, so um, the Grade Two Novice Hurdle has been moved to Nace on Tuesday. The Rated Novice Chase to Ferry House on Wednesday. Uh, Jason Morris, who's the Horse Racing Island Director of Racing, has said that they've also increased the prize money of the Three Mile Handicap Hurdle. But as you rightly say, Gordon Elliott and Willie Mullins are both very happy that uh, the rest of the card that would have been run uh, Navan is not being rescheduled. Jason Morris and Morris has um, cited logistical and resourcing reasons. Um, it's just just struck me what a very very different state of affairs it is between between Britain and Ireland, and you know the one has a ha, has a very trim fixture list, and the other one has a slightly flabby fixture list. And I suppose the uh, authorities have reacted accordingly. Coming back to the point about prize money, you know Ludlow is uh, in the Racing Post today talking about their aggressive uh, policy on prize money, and they've put more than a hundred thousand pounds into prize money that on Tuesday they've got 89 runners out of it but they've pointed out that uh, they put in appearance money and um, the clerk of the course Simon Sherwood was saying that um, most people don't know we also have our own appearance money and he said I don't think that many trainers read the small print at times so you know again you, you would 
hope that uh, investment in the sport will help drive loyalty or um, uh, support for different race courses. Uh, but does it always pay off that way? Mm. Interesting food for thought. Uh, Lydia, thank you very much. You're not in any way obliged to, but do you fancy giving a tip for any time in the near future? <laughs> um, I am going to go to uh, later today, the 140 at Punchestown, and I'm going with the mount of Jack Kennedy for Gordon Elliott, and that's Harmonia Maker. She looked pretty special um, when she won last time out. Um, she is the favourite. Uh, she's up against um, her stable companion, Deeply Superficial, might lay down the biggest threat to her, but she looks smart when she won last time. So Harmonia Maker in the 140 um, at Punchestown today. Lydia, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. That's it for today. I'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary.